0: Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio. We are so glad you could join us for this message from Lauren Larson. In this sermon, Brother Larson ministers about hearing from God. We hope this will be a blessing to you. Be sure to join us every day at noon Central Standard Time for a message from Brother Larson. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, She was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. This is good news this morning. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? Has God ever told you something that you wondered, how shall this be? Mary heard it, and she said, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? I've never been with a, a man. I've never been intimate with another person. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost. The answer is, The Holy Ghost. The answer is, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing. For with God, nothing. For with God, Nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. There's no more precious statement in Scripture in my mind than that which is uttered by Mary. And I understand that we oftentimes take a look at Mary as Protestants, and we move away from giving her her proper place in the kingdom of God and in the plan of God because of the, our Catholic friends who have elevated her to a status at times of co redemptress But we're wrong when we look at her, this young woman, this young teenager, to be honest with you, probably somewhere between 15 and 18 years old at the, at the oldest that made a decision to step into God's will and God's word by faith that would literally destroy all the plans that she had for herself. The sacrifice that she offered to the Lord that day was a sacrifice of herself. She truly was, at this moment in time, being a living sacrifice because when agreeing with the angel's words... Well, it would cost her dear. And I want to minister to you this morning, surrendering to the will and the Word of God. Surrendering to the will and the Word of God. Let's pray. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have for those both that are here in this sanctuary this morning. And Father, those that will and are listening over the radio, over the internet. Father, we pray that the Holy Spirit would come and help and strengthen and en- envelop our hearts, envelop our minds. We're desperate for him this morning, for without him we can do nothing. So we ask for his presence to preach. We ask for his presence to reveal and strengthen those that listen today, and we'll ask it all in the name of Jesus. And everybody shouted, Amen and amen. We're coming along to the time frame of year where this story will be repeated again and again, and uh, I'm glad. I have nothing against the time frame of Christmas. I am fully aware uh, that Jesus was not born on December 25th. I, I know that. I'm aware of that. But to me, that is not the issue. The issue is not the day uh, that we celebrate. It is, is simply the fact that there was a day that God left heaven and entered into humanity in the form of a human being, and he was named Jesus. That same Jesus then lived 33 and a half years sinlessly imperfect and offered himself up as a sacrifice for our sin, thus embracing God's redemption plan and making it available to you and I. So when Christmas comes around, I, I'm i reminded that the greatest gift is not placed under a tree. The greatest gift was placed upon a tree for my freedom and, see, and salvation. And so I celebrate it. And as I look at the role or the birth of Jesus and I begin to study it, there's several people who stand out immensely strong. Several people who uh, would have to make concessions or acquiesce to the will of God that it might not have been easy for them to do. Uh, for instance, Joseph, uh, he was asked to complete the marriage process with a woman that is ending up pregnant. Now, I know that sounds like we should, it should be easy to do, but if your fiancée came and she said, honey, I'm pregnant and it's from the Holy Spirit, don't worry about it, how would you respond? Well, it might be a little difficult for you to believe. See, some of the things that God asked us to believe are absolutely impossible in the natural. But Joseph was a thinking man, and he thought about it, and he was intending to put Mary away privately, as the Scripture says. But then God gave him a dream and told him not to be afraid to marry Mary and to complete the process of making her legally his wife. And later they would, after Jesus was born, have normal relations and produce other offspring. But forever Joseph would be saddled with the idea that he married someone who was pregnant before they were rightfully brought together. He would have to live with the rumor and the innuendo window. His reputation would be forever marred. But Joseph said, you know what, God, if that's your plan for me, I'm going to go ahead and embrace it. So we see Joseph as a man of faith in this story. And what about the wise men who uproot themselves all the way from uh, the far east who by virtue of study of stars realize that there's going to be a great king and by faith born and they step out in into the realm of possibility and and drive that camel train all the way across a foreign land but then come to a, a place where the star they were following disappears and they're not quite sure what to do not quite sure where to go what kind of faith does it take to step out and put your all all of your assets to in in a in something you cannot see just something that was proclaimed but the wise men you know what they found the child Jesus and they offered up uh, gold, incense, frankincense, and myrrh. They followed the star, and they even rejected the request of King Herod. They recognized evil, this is; These are men that did something that God designed for them, even though I don't know their final con- condition, but they stepped out in faith and did something. The shepherds, how about them? watching their flocks by night. They all of a sudden see an angelic host. Now, I know we see a lot of light shows at Christmas, but you never saw any light show like this light show. When the heavenly hosts all of a sudden appear, the armies of heaven shouting shouting out, goodwill on earth, good news, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And the shepherds not really realizing it, but seeing the supernatural travel to a little either a cave or a manger, a small barn, and there they worship a baby by faith. But in all of this, there's one person that stands out to me, and that is little Mary. Mary has honestly probably the most to lose Now, according to our text, there's some things we need to know about her and we learn, and that is this, that she is in the line of David. That means that her family line, if the Davidic throne would have been honored, she would have been in the palace. Joseph's line was the same. They would have been a part of David's family, David's offspring. So when you put them together, you have the line of David. And that's important because hers was destined to be a grand lot, but she finds herself in Nazareth amongst the poorest of the poor, with not much to live for except the idea that this young lady has found the love of her life, or at least it's been arranged for her as many of the marriages were, but she didn't have much to look forward to except perhaps a marriage and in those days a, a, a husband that was a good working man, we know Joseph was a carpenter and had a good livelihood at least a decent one so she knew she wasn't going to be in the poorhouse. In the dream of every Jewish Woman was to raise up the perfect family of seven sons and three daughters. Now, don't ask me why you got to have ten kids to be perfect, but that was the ideal. So she really didn't have much to look forward to, even though she was in the Davidic line, except the happiness that could come through this marriage that had already been prearranged by uh, Joseph and her family. And the, today we have to understand this espousal order those that are engaged are not like uh, what happens here. When there is a legitimate engagement in the time in which Mary lived, the families would get together with the rabbi and the courts of that system. uh, That's how they worked. And they would come together, and they would be legally married. And then they would separate for a period of time to be sure that the marriage was not the result of somebody trying to hide a pregnancy. And it was during during that time frame that they were to show themselves clean and pure. And at any moment in time, the bridegroom, after the initial uh, process was initiated, could come and the bride would have to be ready. She would have to keep that oil in her lap. She would have to have the readiness in, in mind. And we get this same idea for us as Christians today. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 11 that we've been espoused to Christ. I've been engaged to Christ, and it's a legal binding relationship. And now is my time of testing until the bridegroom returns for the bride. Somebody shout amen. But Mary is in this time frame, married to Joseph, but it's the time of testing. So if she's found to be pregnant, at worst she could be divorced and lose the process and the hope of the family, and at the very worst situation, or at best she could be losing her marriage, at the very worst she could be taken out and stoned. Think of it. Taken out and eliminated. And her response to what happened that day shows us that even though she was a young woman, a young girl, again 15, 16, 17 years old, she had a love for God and a dedication for God that went far beyond uh, just coming to church on a Sunday or coming to church on a Wednesday or an occasional thought of God. Her whole life is wrapped up in what God might do and what God could do. And she is visited by an angel that comes in and interrupts her dreams and interrupts her plans. How do you do when God steps in and interrupts what you have planned? How do, you, how do you respond when God comes in? And I mean, you've got your sights set. Everything's already arranged. It looks like you're going down pathway A. And God says, no, pathway B. How do you respond? Thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio. We do not sell any advertising on this station. So, we need your help to keep bringing the message of the cross to the world go right now to www.cross.radio and click on how you can help. There you can donate by secure means with debit card, credit card or PayPal. Remember, even the small amounts add up. We thank you in advance for your support and prayers. God bless. You thought you knew what God was doing. You thought you understood what He had asked of you, and you took steps to do that uh, because you loved God. There's no doubt in our minds here that Mary is a person that loves God, that's dedicated to the things of God, and she's doing her best to serve God. But one day, God interrupted her plans. How well do we do when God brings us a word that interrupts our plans... And sends us in a different direction. So the angel Gabriel, one of the highest angels in heaven that we know of, a messenger, shows up at Mary's door. Now I don't know uh, if I would have responded like she did. Uh, I I probably would have been a little more nervous, uh, a little more wondering, and a little more upset. But uh, evidently uh, she she wasn't. Fainting, which says a lot about her and a little about me, but the, the whole process of it is she, she, an angel appears and says, you're blessed and you're favored. And right away, she's troubled. Now, don't get all upset with her because how would you do if in, you're in your house tonight and the angel shows up and says, hi, you're blessed and favored. Eyes get big and, and inside you wonder, uh-oh, what's coming? Let me tell you, can I tell you something? God always has your best in mind. God always has what's best for you in mind. And you know what? I got news for us this morning. He even knows better than we are. We do what we need and what needs to happen to bring His plan for us to fulfillment, and He knows what is best for us. So when He does bring an interruption in our lives, or He does bring uh, interruption, uh, there's a there's a sense, and we see it with Mary, where she. She's troubled and she's a little bit confused, but then Gabriel begins to speak, and he's and he's again says, you know, you're favored, but he also says that wonderful word, fear not. When God changes your plans, when God gives you a word that changes the direction you thought you were going in, don't be afraid. God's in charge. God knows. He knows exactly where you need to be. And I remember my first year of Bible college, I had thought, well, I'll, when I get to JSM, I'll do this, 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 or this. And I had different thoughts and plans. And the first chapel that we had, one of the first chapels that we had, I was sitting there with the other students in, in chapel, and all of a sudden I heard God say, go to prison. In my spirit, it wasn't a verbal voice, it was just in my spirit, go to prison, Lord, I've been trying to avoid that. Go to to prison. Well, that's the last thing, the last ministry, the last process that I thought that I would ever want to go. Go to prison. And I came down to the altar and I said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, then it wasn't my plan. I hadn't looked at going to prison ministry, but if that's what you want for me, then that's what I'll do. And I got up from the altar at that point in time and went to uh, the prison ministry pastor Kenny Gyro and told him I want to participate, and he hooked me up right away to start going out to prisons in the afternoon on Sundays with 20, 30 other guys, and we would march the fields of a local prison and go in and preach and teach the gospel to individuals one-on-one, and I got to know the chaplains. What I didn't know, and I have to cut the story short, but what I didn't know was that within a year's time the director of the prison ministry would quit. He would step away from the ministry and I was there. I was in position and had people that had begun to know me. Now understand this, I'm only saved two and a half, three years And all of a sudden, I find myself on staff at Family Worship Center. If I had not obeyed the Lord and gone in a direction that I thought uh, He told me, I knew He told me to do, then a year later, I wouldn't be sitting in the staff with Brother Swigert and the rest of the ministers on Family Worship Center. But it wasn't my plan. That's not how I figured it was going to happen, and it was from that point in time that my acquaintance with the Swigert family and all of the processes—see, God knew that. He understood that. He saw what, where I needed to be. I didn't. He knew it. And so by obedience and following with what He, what he wanted rather than what I thought I needed to do— things happened. But when I got that word, go to prison, fear came, not because I was afraid of one thing or another, because we're fearful of the unknown. We don't know the end of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say. We don't know how it all turns out. And yet we have to learn to trust God. We have to learn to rely on God when He comes in. And Gabriel told Mary, fear not, you are highly favored. You shall conceive in your womb, bring forth a son, and call his name Jesus. (laughs) Jesus, his name, because that's a name that will save his people from their sins. He shall be great. He shall be called the Son of the Most High. Uh, He will be given David's throne. He will reign over Israel. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now, this little 15-year-old girl is listening to this. And she's taking it all in, but it sounds maybe a little bit big. Uh, It sounds a little bit... She, my son is gonna what? I'm gonna have a son? Wait, wait a minute! Wait a minute! See, God can bring you to a place and talk to you about something that we don't understand, but it's far greater than we could ever imagine. God is able to do exceeding, abundant above all that we could ever ask or all that we could ever think. But it's a moment by moment response now that that is demanded. Now we don't know what Mary understood about the plan of the virgin or the plan of the Messiah. But most scholars believe that the women of that day believed that God was going to bring the Messiah through a a, a female of israel or Israeli or origin, and so all of the women were wondering, "Is it me? Is it me? The talk when they were younger well i 'm in line of the of the throne of David. I might be uh, Daniel eleven has a term that people believe that God would bring forth the desire of women. And scholars say in Daniel 11 and verse 37 that that shows that the virgins of Israel had the desire of bringing forth the Christ, the Messiah. So it could be very well true that when angel came and said all things to Mary, that she already had it in her mind that there was going to be a woman that would bring forth the Messiah. And that's the desire of all Israeli women. But her question is, how can this be? I've never been intimate with a man. How Can this be? How could this possibly come about? Some of the things God tells us over a period of time will sound impossible. It's just not possible, Pastor Wilson. It's not possible to raise up a church in Grenada, Mississippi. It's just not possible to go into prisons and preach the gospel. It's just not possible to be on the radio and on the internet. It's just not possible. We're just a, a small church. we just a, a little membership. But yet there's people in there like Mary that love God. People that want to hear the Word of God will obey it and embrace it. But the questions still come up. And Mary says to the, to the angels, how, how can this be? And the angel gives the answer. He says this, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Bigger than you know. God's got plans for the lighthouse that are bigger than you know. But what he's asking you to do today is not look at the impossibility, but to look at the potential in Christ, of what God can do with a group of people, no matter how small, that desire to come together for one purpose and one purpose only, not to promote a denomination, not to promote a worldwide ministry, but to promote Jesus Christ into the hearts and lives of every single person that God will give them. And teach them how to be saved, how to be brought into relationship with God. Then teach them how to walk with God successfully by faith and through grace. And how to receive gifts and power of God. All of it by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent back on the day of Pentecost to save, to sanctify, to fill, to make us complete in Him. There is a river, church. There is a river that can flow through you and create life wherever it flows. It can touch hearts and touch minds and change lives. You are witnesses of the veracity and the power of God. You know what God can do when He gets involved in a little uh, in, in a life. You know where God can take someone from because you know where you've been and you know where you are today. I know where I've been and I look at amazement at what God has been able to produce, not because of uh, talent or ability, or, but because it's His guiding hand. It's his, there's an unseen hand guiding your vessel. Do you know that today? And if you're willing to follow in obedience to the Word that He brings to you, there's no telling what God can get done. But you have to believe by faith what it is that God is saying to you. And, and, and Mary was shaken, well, no doubt everything is at risk. Everything's on the table. There's nothing laid back. Her marriage could be destroyed. Her reputation could be destroyed. Her life could be destroyed because she's if she accepts this and says, yeah, that's where I want to go. Yeah, that's where I want to be. This isn't my plan, but God, if this is what you want, if this is what you desire, if this is what you design, then go ahead. Here's the handmaiden of the Lord. But i got to tell you something that I love about the things of God. Gabriel understands Mary's confusion. God understands Mary's confusion and knows she needs a confirmation. Listen, when God speaks to you, you don't don't just have to run out and try to get things done, number one. Don't ever do that. If God tells you something's going to happen, let him cause it to happen. I said let him cause it to happen. Let him bring it to you. He's told you about it. You'll recognize it when it gets there. And you can ask him questions. God's not opposed to questions, but he is opposed to doubt and unbelief. It's not not a sign of doubt and unbelief when we question God and ask him to confirm the direction because we just want to know uh, what his will for us is. I don't have to uh, be right. I just have to be right. You understand what I'm saying? I just want to know what the will of God is. I want to hear with all of my heart what God is saying and whatever He has for me, whatever He asks of me, I want that same response of faith to come out of me that I see in little Mary, Even even if it looks like, hey, that's not the best thing for me. Hey, it's not my plan. Hey, God, I don't know what you're doing. And God is good in that He'll come along and He'll bring you something to encourage you in the direction that He's asked you to go. And Gabriel says to Mary, he says, Hey, I know you think this is impossible, but you know your cousin Elizabeth? The barren one? The one that was too old to bring forth children? Right now she's six months pregnant. Mary's ears perk up. That's impossible. Exactly. When you've got to have a reinforcement of a direction, God will bring it to you. Wait on it, pastor. Wait on it, church. But when God is leading you a certain way, He'll guide you into that and He'll confirm it. You'll know it beyond a shadow of a doubt don't doubt that God can speak to you. Don't doubt that God, uh, in fact, will not tell you certain things, but when He speaks, make sure that what He's saying to you combines with the Word. Mary would have possibly known Isaiah 7 or Daniel 11. So what Gabriel said was not unscriptural. And he can confirm that word by showing you an example of something that you need to see. And what he gives you might not mean anything to anybody else, but to you, all of a sudden, that something on the inside of you that says, I'm, I'm going this way. This is God. I know this is God. Now, I know we could miss it. I don't get angels show up very often. Come to think of it, I've never had an angel. But I have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, which Mary couldn't have at that time. And he can lead you into what God has for you to do. And Mary's response, behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to the word. Lord, I don't understand it all. I'm not even sure how this could ever possibly be. I still have questions. Man, this has some bad implications for me. If I follow this, may not be the best thing. I don't know, God, but if this is Your Word, here I am, the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me according to Thy Word. What words, what faith, couldn't see it, couldn't understand it all, but knew from the Scripture and the confirmation that that was a word from God. And even though it wasn't her plan, even though it wasn't her idea, even it wasn't even her first choice She lays it all down and she says, okay, I know they could kill me. I know that I'll have to live with the stigma of being an unclean woman. I know my reputation is going to be damaged, but I choose God. I choose faith. I choose to believe the Word that God has revealed to me. I don't know what God is saying to you today, but I know that God is a God that still speaks. This brings us to the end of the message. We hope that it has been a blessing to you and that you would consider helping support Power of the Cross Radio with an offering. Go right now to www.cross.radio and click on the Donate button. If you have prayer requests or comments, fill out the contact form on our website or email us at info God bless and have a great day.